And welcome to another episode of the Dewpoint Report, the Digital Electronic Worldpoint Report, where often we discuss the interesting balance that takes place between the digital electronic world we live in with our electronic devices, our phones, our iPads, our tablets, and computers, which have to be balanced appropriately with our human existence and the need to interact in the human world. Now, I know many conversations still have to take place in the human world, regardless of how connected we truly are to our mobile devices. So it is an interesting juxtaposition of situations, I know. Nonetheless, a little bit of a look back to nature in today's episode. I'll be discussing interesting characters, if you will, that can be found in the state of California throughout nature. And they are the most interesting butterfly, which has a peculiar name to it. It is a butterfly, but it has been named the dog face butterfly by virtue of the fact that it has some interesting markings. And then I'll discuss the California redwood, also quite unique to the state of California. I will also discuss a brief synopsis of the California Grizzly, and then I will also mention the California Desert Tortoise. But not at this moment, no, no, think about it for a moment, how unique California is, truly, it actually spans the distance of several states. If you were to look at the mileage in and of itself that it would require to drive the entire distance throughout all of the state of California. And as a result, you would find yourself through an amalgamation, a kaleidoscope, if you will, of not only seascapes, but landscapes and forestscapes. And this is why it's quite unique. Anyway, I don't mean to digress. I will discuss the said species when I return on the Dewpoint Report with your host, Margarita. And welcome back to the Dewpoint Report. Now, I know in one of the previous episodes you were just kerfuffled at all of the background situations that were happening, and I had to tell you that uh, you are very much aware I have a new living situation, which is temporary, but my humble abode at the moment has extremely thin walls, and as such, I share this humble space with other neighbors, and so do rest assured that certainly I am still providing you important, pertinent information which you can learn from and I can learn from. And as such, 
we can just all do the best we can with the circumstances that are currently occurring. So, before the surrounding circumstances were a little bit hilarious, you know, there was the infrequent, frequent, frequent interruptions of my siblings who said they didn't want to be on, yet for some reason they always opened the door at the most inconvenient times. And then they would say, oh my goodness, I don't want you to put me on your podcast. And then for some reason, they always would open the door when I was recording. And for some reason, they found it not hilarious, yet somehow they found it peculiarly perplexing that they somehow found themselves on there. And every single time, they repeated the same behaviors, which I think was somehow a... unique effort to actually participate without actually wanting to say they wanted to participate because they found it quite opportune and then later would laugh about it anyway again i don't mean to digress so having said that let's begin with the california dog face butterfly as i describe it to you it is typically as a butterfly would be with yellow wings and spots on the wing now not like a monarch with designs on the wing this particular butterfly looks a lot more like a moth yet it's not actually a moth it has very distinct spots only two spots one on each wing which is what makes it unique and Specifically, it's called the Zerine Eurydice, also called the Doghead Butterfly. The California Dogface Butterfly is found only in California. And as I mentioned before, the male has markings on its wings resembling a silhouette. Now, typically they would say it's that of a dog's head. I would differ, because anyone who's ever had a pet knows no two pets are actually the same. In the species of the dog the genre, uh, category of a dog. Now, I've had several pets myself, and I know every single one was quite different. No one of them was the same. So, this particular butterfly, I would describe it a little differently than most scientists would. I would say to you, it looks more as if someone took a fine point marker and identified it with two spots. So if you have a pet named Spot, perhaps <laughs> more similarly, marking to that is what it would look like because I'm looking at the image of the butterfly itself. That being said, the female has the solid yellow with this spot that I'm describing to you. So it is a female that I'm looking at, specifically on the picture, a spot on each of the upper wing. This is what makes butterflies so interesting. 
interesting. You might think they're all alike because they just flutter about and land on various plants. They have their particular plants that they enjoy. But no, they're actually quite distinct and unique. And pay attention because no, it isn't true. Not all monarchs are the same either. If you've noticed recently, yes, there are less monarchs than Anita's, which is unfortunate. However, most interesting also is have you noticed the grain of the wings? This is a peculiar happening this used to occur in the last five years. Some of the monarchs have become silver winged. And I say that because I have been observing in the same location for more than five years the monarchs that would arrive. And it appeared to me because these would be very similar They were then arriving in Silver Market. So again, quite interesting. But there were less. This most recent sighting of monarchs that I have made in the past year has decreased significantly. I have only seen less than 10 monarchs, whereas previously I had seen up to 30 in one year. So it is a significant in the next segment, I'll talk about the other species that is specific to California when we return. Thanks for listening. And welcome back to the Digital Electronic World Point Report, where in this episode, I'm focusing on some unique findings in the state of California that are relevant to nature. This next interesting character is the California Redwood. Why it is so important to understand details about the California Redwood is the following. This is more than just a factoid. You really need to know about this because the California Redwood, after all, is designated the official California state tree. As of not yesterday, not tomorrow, not the day before yesterday, but Wait for it, 1937. Yes, the coastal redwood, Sequoia, Sempervirens, Virens, excuse me, let me say that again, Sequoia, Sempervirens, and the giant sequoias, Sequoias gigantea, they can grow up to 30 feet in diameter, with, as I said, 30, 30 foot diameter trunks. Are not uncommon and they reach ages of over 3,000 years. Now, I'll say that again 3,000 years! Uh, they're likely gonna outlive us, most of us. And that's perfectly fine because they tell a very important story of the ethos. It's often said that when you take the diameter of a tree, such as the sequoia, it really tells the story of what has taken place along the lands and along the soils because of how long they really have been usurping the waters through the roots 
and really the roots themselves can span miles and hundreds of miles below the ground surface. And they are not an entanglement, they are truly a system underground that exists and has existed for centuries. So they are more than a tree. They are a storyteller. The coast redwood is the tallest tree in the world, averaging about 300 feet high. The oldest known redwood trees lived to be 2,200 years old. And so why do I tell you that they reach ages of over 3,000? Well, because we know in nature, through naturists and people who have literally climbed up to the top of the trees to study the youngest growths of the trees, and then looked at, as I mentioned, the diameters of the trees to be able to understand the story that is told by the tree itself. They can't see the structure of the tree and really what has existed far beyond what anyone who has studied them has ever learned. So the story itself of the tree is well documented beyond anybody who has ever told the story itself. So, again, 1937 is when California declared this the official state tree. Very important factoid. And when I return, we'll discuss the next character in nature. Thanks for listening. And welcome back. So I decided that I would add a bonus. Yes, a bonus character to the ones I previously mentioned that I would provide a little synopsis to. And this one is the California Gray Whale. An interesting character found along the waters of California predominantly. However, this whale does travel many distances. But let's begin. And you're probably thinking, eesh, carambas, what's going on? Why add a bonus? Well, it's worth talking about the California Gray Whale. Technically known as the Shrikshitsi. I knew I was going to get that incorrect. So difficult to say these names, isn't it? Eschrichtius Robustus. And if I got that wrong, well, you can call right in and correct me. That's why factoids are so important. Everybody always has to get facts checked these days. Eschrichtius Robustus. You would think I was Hermione from Harry Potter or something, having to learn all these words or something. But I'm not. No, just your host, Margarita. So the California Gray Whale designated the California Gray Whale official state marine mammal, 1975. That's right. You're probably scratching your head going, wait a minute. So there's an official state tree, and now there's an official state mammal? One would think there was only an official state flower. No, there is more than that, even. Actually, almost every state in the United States has official several 
And it's important to note because uh, states are very proud of the types of characters in nature that really make up the ethos because there are sub-ethos within an ethos because an ethos is more than just one character. Really, we are, as I've mentioned before, an amalgamation of various characteristics in society. And so when we talk about ethos, ethos is not just a word to throw out there. Ethos means the, the massiveness of so much. It's planetary. So there's more than just one existence that makes up the planet. And this is, this episode, an example of so many of the different characters that are contributors to the ethos. 1975, the California Gray Whale became the state marine mammal. And it can be seen traveling in small groups all along the California coast. Now I told you that they travel quite a distance. But you probably didn't imagine that they travel between 6,000 to 7,000 miles for their journey, which can extend from the western Bering Sea to their mating area in Baja, California, and again on the return trip. The California gray whales measure 35 to 50 feet in length and 20 to 40 tons in weight. So there's your interesting factoid about the California gray whale. And more when we return. And welcome back. Bears, bears, bears. Everybody knows about bears or so we all think we do. And bears is the next topic of conversation. The California gray bear specifically. Oh, so you thought the California gray bear. No, actually the California grizzly. The reason that I'm going to talk about the California grizzly is there actually is a difference. There's a very important difference because unfortunately the California golden bear or who is referred to as California's grizzly, is technically extinct. It's a subspecies of the brown bear. The California golden bear, it disappeared, sadly, from the state of California in 1922. And so it doesn't exist anymore, and technically, though its name is Ursus arctos californicus, it's often seen in many monuments. It's seen in many locations, sometimes gilded, especially and particularly because it is seen as a symbol of the state of California. And it's so fascinating that it's a misnomer. People think that the uh, grizzly is still alive. Why, you ask? The answer is because oftentimes the grizzly bear is depicted in movies, is depicted in 
characterizations, not only through film, but in computer-aided design type of characterizations, which might make it seem as if though the California Grizzly was still around. And as I mentioned, sometimes you might go to a museum, or you might go to a facility where there is a monument to the Grizzly, and it's gilded, and you think, oh, well, then that means that they are still around. Well, think again. Sometimes monuments are a symbol to a character in nature that once was and sadly has disappeared. And in this instance, the California grizzly, as I mentioned, a subspecies of the brown bear no longer with the ethos is located in various locations throughout the state of California in a gilded fashion in monuments throughout different buildings as a tribute to its strength and resilience if you can figure out how many there are throughout the state of California, send me an email. When we return, I'll let you know the last of the characters in nature for this episode. As I've mentioned to you previously, brevity is going to be quite important going forward. Or it is focus that is fortitude optimized. And that is going to be very important to think about in the next few years. More when we return. And in this segment of the episode dedicated to nature's characters, which of course they're not really characters, they're contributors in the ethos of California landscape. We'll be talking about the California desert tortoise, known as Gophorus agassizi. California recognized the desert tortoise as the official state reptile in the year 1972. Yes, that's correct, the year 1972. The desert tortoise lives in the desert of Southern California and also in portions of Southern Nevada and Western Arizona, as well as, it's important to note, Northern Mexico. It spends about 95% of its life in burrows. And it's important to note as well because, because it does live in the desert, it dwells below the ground to keep itself cool. Of course, because deserts also get cold, it also utilizes these burrows to maintain itself warm when the deserts are much too cold. And that, of course, 
concludes this episode of Nature's Focus on Characters that Contribute to the Ethos in California. You know, you might be wondering why sometimes I focus on things that have more to do with nature, sometimes I focus on sports, sometimes I focus on fashion, sometimes on art. Let me remind you that the Digital Electronic World Point Report is about society and culture. Culture and society are actually a compilation of many, many things. And as such, it really is a little bit of a lot. And so if you ever find yourself enjoying one episode as opposed to a different episode, you might think that one episode is more relevant to your idea of what is critical to society. Well, guess what? That's because society is complex, society is simple, society is unique, and each person in society is unique, is complex, is simple. And precisely for that very reason is the reason why this podcast focuses on the connection between the digital electronic world and its balance with the human existence and the need to be able to exist in a humanality within the presence of the present of the present. So I certainly hope that something was learned today about the state of California and some characters who live or at one point lived to add to the naturescape. And if you're wondering, what do the trees have to do for the difference of the forest and all around? What was that segment all about? Let's remember that the different components add different aspects to each area that they are relevant to. One might think that a tree is only a tree, but it actually oxygenates the areas around it and that much more. One might think that a butterfly does nothing more than flutter in the sky, but remember it too pollinates flowers throughout a garden. It too pollinates vegetation from landscape to landscape. It too allows vegetation to grow from area to area. And I could go on, but I realize brevity is important, as I mentioned before. So thanks for listening, and have a good evening. This is your host, Margaret.